Hi and welcome to episode two of the Music Producer Burrito podcast with Jane, Trevor and myself Charlie. You just experienced an Ableton Live looping performance by Zoe Mead. The performance is from a track called Reverse Tide, taken from her band's album Redream. For those of you who want to hear more, the band is called Wildest and we will make sure to provide the links to the band in the description of this podcast. So Jane, Trevor... What do you guys think of that? The track had a lot of feels to it, I believe. Like, there's definitely a lot of emo- emotion behind it. Um, the part I enjoyed, like, not only did we get the ear candy, we had the visual candy with it. Uh, we're actually going to show uh, either the the whole video or a glimpse of the video in the, the artist spotlight track when we post it, so you guys will get to see her... She's, she's doing this all live looping performance, so this isn't just her sitting down in, in the, her da. People should really check out that video. It's really cool to watch someone perform everything live in front of you. It has, it's, got, it's a completely different feel when you watch someone do that. Yeah, I loved it overall. I think her voice is awesome. I think her voice is lovely. I really like it. What about you, Jane? Um, yeah, I was actually thinking about like people who are playing, for instance, the games of Silent Hill and whatnot. They're having a female lead singer that's like doing all the tracks for all their video games and i think her name is uh akira yamamoka and <laughs> th- i probably butchered this but whatever say that three times fast but 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 the thing is like it in the beginning i was kind of like weirded out by it but then i just started liking it and it's kind of like the same way with this one it's like Okay, where is this heading kind of sort of thing? But right. Yeah, I was I was under the impression that we were gonna get some uh, some percussion in there. Like I was expecting right. a hit, but she made it work. I thought everything fit really well. Definitely could be something in the background of a video game or or a, a scene of a, a movie. Oh, definitely. But she, the performance, the video. You guys will see the video for those who are listening. Um, or watch the video already, but she reminds me a lot of the artist Younger, who who does the, I think I'm saying that right. He does the same thing. He starts playing an instrument, then he puts it on loop on his push or whatever, and he'll go from the guitar, and then he'll go from the the shakers, or he'll have maracas or the tambourine going, and then he'll go to the piano and do his chords and loop that, and then the best part is like when the the main verse is going to hit in, you know, he's got the build-up going and the push, and then all of a sudden uh, he hops on the drums. That's the best part. Like, talk about goosebumps. I don't know. When I watch the video, get goosebumps. Maybe we can post it in the, the description or, the, or in the comments or the, the link to his track as well. It, he does a really awesome, very inspiring for people who are doing the Ableton Live looping performance stuff. So... Mm-hmm. Props, props to her. I get, definitely got goosebumps listening to that. And what I find really cool with what Zoe was doing in that in that video is she's doing so much at once. If that makes sense, as in like she's not just singing, she's not just playing. She's also making sure everything's looping. Everything is, you know, I've never done it, so I I'm like a complete newbie on on how that would work. Right. But do you know like how you were saying now you were expecting some percussion coming in? That's what I was saying to you before when we were just talking privately about. What what music we listen to quite often gets us gets our gets us used to you know what what could come next and yeah. what I loved about that it's 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 got its own unique feel it's got mm-hmm. its own like we said it can be in a trailer for so many different things and in it you don't even need sound in a trailer trailer like right. that you can just you know like how some Transformers trailers come out and it's just a song in the background or 
The, the, like, oh, what was it? Justice League. Have you you've watched Justice League, haven't oh, you? Jeez. <laughs> Do you know yeah. um, the what the song that comes in when um, everybody everybody dies, everybody cries, everybody the dies. The John Something Cena like... intro. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like a, it's just like a nice acoustic kind of intro to 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 the movie when you don't hear any sound from the movie you just hear the music and it, it says everything for you and it gives you all the emotion now that that track we just listened to that's one of those for me yeah i really like these spotlight tracks that are coming in they're so good mm-hmm. they're really really good so we have a couple of questions from people in the ableton group do you want to shall we go through a couple of them and see what what we can uh, come up with for people yeah most definitely Okay, um, shall we start with the top? Yep, question number one. Um, Tylan Andrew, is how you, hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Um, Tylan says, I'm really curious as to whether or not there are many other people using Ableton to produce metal music. Up to this point, I haven't seen anyone on YouTube doing it, and I'm just curious if anyone is. I certainly am, and I love it. The push, the push, to make, the push to makes mixing an absolute dream. Now, for me, I know for a fact there's quite a few people in that group from different genres. And we, we touched on this, I think, in the last episode, how they're, what we love about the group is that you haven't just got EDM or electronic kind of producers that we kind of might be used to in the other groups that we've been in. You've got all sorts of different people, all sorts of different people, as in like the stuff we li- literally just played. As is not EDM, as in not like the dance kind of music we're used to. Um, the stuff that we had from before with Chewy and Back, that stuff is, you know, obviously has its own unique unique thing. So there is a few people in the group, and I know that if you go onto Ableton forums, you'll find that there's a lot of people that produce metal music with um, Ableton. Um, but yeah, what do you guys? You guys, you guys have seen some people producing rock and metal and different genres like that. Yeah, within the. The Facebook, uh, Ableton Live music production on Facebook. Um, I've actually, when the group first started out, there was actually a lot of metal heads, as you would say, <laughs> in the group. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I think a lot of it is, you know, that there are artists that they can shred the guitar really good, and then they can record their sample, the guitar, and then they're throwing it in the DAW. And this doesn't just apply to Ableton. It, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there using different DAWs to to help with uh, producing their metal metal music because, for instance, his question, I'm pretty sure he was referring to er, the the mixing is at an absolute dream. So he's doing the mixing on the on the push with the knobs. So he's doing it by hand instead of doing it on the on the computer. I I, I can see that he's a, a hands-on kind of person, but for the most part, you know. I think a lot of these producers are that are producing metal, you know, are can shred the guitar or whatever, and then they're putting the stems in their DAW, and then they're they're adding drums. If they don't have a drummer, if they don't have a band, you know, you can find find drums and put them in there yourself. I've I've seen sample packs out there for for metal heads, and so yeah, there 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 are other. The question is yes, there are. A lot of producers out there that are using not just Ableton, every DAW, not even just for mixing and mastering, just to add effects and incorporate different kinds of music in with metal music. I feel like it's just a per- perception thing with uh, where, where people think that vast majority of all these DAWs get created because of EDM people, because that's what you mainly see online, that people are producing EDM with it instead of like uh, trying to go in like different directions. 
but they they were created for like each and every type of music that you can dream of not just like singularity for right. for house tracks or whatever it's like whatever you want to do with it there's like no no restrictions to it do you were saying about like the perception thing it's it is it is quite interesting how a lot of these um you know digital workstations and the, the the groups that are on facebook you see a lot of edm trap that type of producing and there is i maybe there's just a lot more of them that use it than than the other stuff um but what i like about um people that use ableton to make metal music is you know they're not just i doubt that they're just using metal samples or someone's you know someone's recorded themselves and chucked it on splice or wherever and people don't i like the fact that this guy is um making his own music you know using you using like how you said how he's he's using it hands on and he's he's implementing his music in a way where it's live without trying to sound like I'm putting a pun in there but it is and it's really cool and I like hearing how different people make make music differently on the on the same stuff that we use it's pretty cool um and also another thing is like live isn't like a fix everything tool if you get me mm -hmm. So you know that there's a lot of talent in there if you're going to get people coming out with metal music use, using that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, th that's what I would like to see is uh, j just like the artist spotlight that we did right now. I would like to see a metal artist do a live looping performance like we just witnessed for the artist spotlight. Challenge set. Yep. Those of you that are listening, we're going to hopefully have um, Zoe on an interview or as part of the next uh, episode on the podcast definitely over the next week or so and that's something new that we're gonna start doing introducing the artist spotlight of the week we're gonna incorporate them into the, the podcast and we're gonna ask them if they're down for an interview so I mean it, it'd be really neat to, to meet people from all over the world doing different kinds of music and get a chance to, to know them for 30 minutes or, or an hour and let them answer the questions that, that we have about you know their insight on things it also gives it a personal touch like as in you know like how thailand said how um using push is a dream you know there's other metal producers that would like to maybe perhaps know why is it such an absolute dream how can i make it an absolute dream for me so that's pretty cool um it, it should be quite interesting to hear um what zoe you know how, how she how she can you know offer advice to other producers or other people that want to do live stuff like she is okay so the second question what topics have you covered? What's the podcast? I'm a newbie, so I'd be interested in newbie mistakes. Um, That's Sam Peterson. Well, what, what topics? Yes, Sam, that was a question by Sam Peterson. Uh, what topics have we covered? In the, in the first episode, I guess you just got to go listen to the first episode to... <laughs> <laughs> To, to figure it out you'll enjoy it it's it was a good episode yeah well what we'll do is we'll drop the link to the first episode um in the description right. to this episode so you guys can you can guy can go back and check that out so he's a newbie and he's interested in you know newbie mistakes like what's what's a mistake that someone who's a beginner like off, often does like what what would your guys's take be as like what's the most common thing that a, a newbie would do when entering any da doesn't have to be ableton <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I just remembered what I do, what I did. Sorry, not do. I was trying. It was after I made a track. This is like 
uh, proper early days. I didn't know. I didn't know nothing back then compared to now. But anyway, I just finished, you know, putting the track together, and I was like, okay, cool. Now let's give this mix and mastering thing a go, right? I didn't have a clue what I was doing, and I read somewhere that you know it's good to have your um, final mix before you go to master at quite a decent low decibel level. Mm-hmm. Um, so something like you know now I I get everything down to around minus ten. So then I got a plenty of room to mess around with with mastering. But back then I didn't know what I was doing. So what I did, I realized that I didn't set anything to a lower sound. And what was I? I was using FL Studio with that. So it's I mean it's still it's still uh, you know it's the same thing when you when you when you talk to the, when you talk about other digital workstations and the processes and everything that you go through. So anyway, I I went and I thought right okay I've got to lower the sound of all my I've got to lower all my sounds and stuff. Oh, the massive spider in my desk. Man, piss off. I'm doing a podcast. How rude. He wants in on this. Yeah, he's got his Dude, put. no, I'm not doing interviews to... Yeah, you're massive. Introducing Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what was I saying? Yeah, so there was a point where um, I needed to lower all my sounds so that I had enough room for the master. So what I did was I just changed the master yeah, level you took uh, of, of, my, of, my, of my track. And all my sounds were lowered, and I was like, and then I went in to try and master, and obviously failed completely. Oh, that was so funny. But yeah, that that was a newbie mistake I made, personally. That's a don't ever touch the master. No. <laughs> Leave the master. Uh, always, you know, mix down your track within the the channels of the mixer. Don't touch my. Ma- you you stole mine. That was gonna be mine. I was always making the mistake. Like I read this, like yeah, you know, you want your master to hit at negative six dB, mm-hmm. so. Oh, yeah, it's easy as shit. Just fucking drop yeah. the drop the master fader down. So. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm not going to be able to explain this, like, super technically, but what I think what we're doing wrong when we do that is you're not actually giving yourself any room to, to do anything in the master. All you're going to mm-hmm. do is make whatever that sound was louder. Right. And, yes, that's the idea of a master, but it also the idea of a master is to enhance everything, to make it come out brighter, can make it come out more full, and that enhance. just didn't... Yeah, <laughs> it just didn't work. And the other thing, the other thing, the other newbie mistake that I used to do was, and I know a lot of us do, and maybe a few people might do it now and not realize it, is not using reference tracks. Yeah. You must use reference tracks to some level. And if, you, if you're making a track that's so different to other genres, and I found this with some of the stuff I've made, use three or four different reference tracks from, different, from similar genres so you know what kind of, what area in the ballpark you're aiming that for. Helps. But yeah, go on. What are you guys, say, what are you guys saying about well, newbie areas? What, what, do you, what do you think, Jan? biggest biggest newbie regrets I would say would be for instance if I would start working on (laughs) layering melodies and I would just sit there and I would like layer 5 million different VSDs over top of each other (laughs) just to think that sounds great and then don't adjust the volume and the equalizer at all just like have everything blaring at the same volume in that case sometimes so for your instance less is more like that's what I sometimes I try to sell tell myself that when I'm creating tracks, you know, so it's too cluttered, you know, like what do I not need in it and that I could delete. It sounds like car horns after a while because everything is just like <laughs> layered over each other. It's just dee dee. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> but another thing that I also figured is like, um, when I have presets in the VSD and I just throw in like a melody or whatever, for the longest time I thought, oh, it's a preset, so I don't have to adjust anything. It's like perfect as is, and then it bites me in the butt because I'm like, this sounds terrible, and I don't know why. Like, 
when I listen to uh, tracks that have been created with that exact same sound, I'm like, oh, they sound so amazing. Why does sound? Why why does mine sound like garbage? And never understood it in the beginning. And then I was like, oh, maybe because I should have been adjusting things within the VSD that would maybe help it. <laughs> that, no, that's a that's a good point. There, there is a a topic of debate out there that, you know, before you do your mixing, that some people generally say that you should be adjusting the volume within your your VST first before you, or even like not even just for volume or like the reverb or mm -hmm. the the delay that some of these plugins offer. Yeah, even like the wavetables and everything, so that you adjust it actually to the melody that you're having. Because people like that—that that was my perception when I just throw it over a melody or whatever—that it will automatically just adjust to it and make it sound perfect and stuff. Without you know, if you don't go into the wavetable and like fine tune it, and then afterwards when I was when I started like realizing that step, I was like, wow, yeah. how how dumb was I to <laughs> just think that <laughs> that it's like this. This one, like this, this magic wand that just does it for you. But I mean, that that's the process of learning. Like I can't even. Oh man, the the first time I got Ableton, like you know, I got it with my uh, the launch pad. Like I, I was all about pushing buttons and ma making noise and chopping up samples and whatnot. But I had no idea that that Ableton had the the capability and the 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 power to make music like I thought it could. I just thought it was software to help me push buttons and produce <laughs> produce samples. Once I figured that out, it, how to do the arrangement mode mm -hmm. <laughs> and session view, I was like, oh man, that opened up my eyes big time. But uh, off the, the questions uh, from the post for a second, what's the, the one thing that inspired you to start producing? Mine was the, the Medeon track with the, the launch pad, the the uh, what cover was it? I can't remember what it was called. Pop culture. Yeah. The, he did a, a live like he chopped up thirty five like pop songs throughout the years and created this beautiful masterpiece. And when I saw that video, I'm like, I gotta order that. I gotta try this out. This is what I was meant to do. <laughs> I've always wanted to make music, but I never really took took it up. Um, I, I mean, the reason why I started using like digital audio workstations to make music and use like, you know, different plugins that you can get to generate sound and whatever is simply because I didn't have any instruments at the time to be able to learn how to make music. So it was a, just a bit of ex exploration of, you know, what's this digital music that I can make on my computer or my laptop at the time. Right. And um, I got to a point, you know, in, in my life where everything else in my life at that point wasn't working out and uh, I ended up with a life where I ended up spending a lot of time at home so I decided you know I'm just gonna start seeing what I can do on here and then as soon as I realized how much how many tutorials are out there like for free just to learn how to do stuff and that's another newbie thing a lot of a lot of the thing that I was doing that was bad was declining to actually look up and learn from people doing you know production you know stuff like that and yeah for me that's how i started what about you what about you jane um for me it was kind of like a different situation because stop tapping your chest <laughs> trevor if for the for those of you who can't see trevor is um tapping his chest going me i'm the reason i am the inspiration <laughs> i would like to think i would i always hope i was a little bit beside it well i would say like you pushed me into the direction of like uh finding a job but you weren't like the pushing. i did I did not push you in the direction to finding FL Studio. 
<laughs> I'm not going into that. <clears throat> All right, we gotta we'll go off the air for uh, a sec. Yeah. Just to say off the top, everyone listening in the Ableton Live Music Production Group uh, on Facebook, um, when we have posts that are, you know, basically challenging. FL Studio versus Ableton and then you've got loads of people going oh Ableton is so good and FL Studio sucks and then you've got on FL Studio groups and they do the same thing but the other way around mm-hmm. it's like for me what really gets on my nerves if, as someone who is okay I'm more familiar with FL Studio than I with Ableton but I'm playing around with Ableton more and more these days and it, you know it's the music you come out with if you make good music who cares how you made it man right. as long as it's your music and it's an original idea for me, it doesn't matter what digital audio workstation you use. Right. They all do a good job, if that makes sense. And it's whatever you get comfortable with. People who use Ableton, if they go over to FL Studio for the first time, they're like, what's this witchcraft? I don't know how to do any of this. Same same with me when I went from FL Studio on to Ableton. I was like, how am I supposed to make music in this? Mm-hmm. Like, what does all this mean? It all looks look, looks crazy and looks really complicated, but it's just different, different, different layouts and stuff. They all do the same thing, essentially. Oh, well, not everything, Obviously, you know, a lot of mainstream people who perform use Ableton just because they have that live feature to it. And FL Studio doesn't, as far as I'm aware. Again, I'm not the best for technical information. But, yeah, that on that point, I mean, like, for me, I don't like seeing that. I don't like seeing people... It's like... You're all doing the same thing. We're all like, if 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 music was God, we're all worshiping the same God. So, <laughs> you know, we just use our different kind of churches to do that. You know, that's it. Go on. Sorry, I kind of cut you off. Yeah. There. So, anywho, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, actually, my my main reasoning behind it was, I I always liked um, electronic dance music or that, like not just in particular that I like I like music in general, but none of it was always a big part and. I would always wonder in between like all different kinds of genres. I was never a person who just singularly got stuck to one thing. So I would jump from hardstyle to to just regular house to kind of a pop thing to indie to whatever the hell. And and uh, when I met Trevor, he started like tinkering around with with Ableton and stuff and. He was actually the first person who who showed me like uh, Ableton, but for me it wasn't like the program that I could get into. So I was trying to cut like corners and find the one that's right for me. And I feel like that's how it should have been, anyways, with like music programs. Everybody, as as you said, Charlie, everybody has like their preference. It's like food. Yeah. Like my God, like just because I like the the one better doesn't mean I hate everybody else on this planet. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I tried FL Studio first before I got Ableton. I could not figure shit out. I I have no idea how I could not figure anything out. Because I know Ableton's, uh, it's a pretty intricate da, and I've had, you know, FL friends say before the same thing, that when they tried Ableton and they're just, like, so confused, well, it's because, you know, you're attached to FL so much and it comes so much more natural to them. That, yeah. I remember the good old days where you were saying like, oh, when you do that in FL Studio, that's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? Yes, some of the shit. <laughs> See, like, no, it's just like, if if you know how to use it, it's not cheating. It's that's not like, true. It, all in all, whatever pumps out good music in the end, there's a listener for everything. And, we'll and, go back to and, that. And sometimes there's like certain things that are just working easier on FS Studio as they are in Ableton. And, but, but, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I mean. They both have their pros and they both have their cons. For instance, I don't know. So. 
pitching is the one thing that I've Yes, noticed. I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I send, I give her files that I need pitched <laughs> correctly. That's funny. So she does it in FL Studio. That's cheating. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. The, the good thing, I mean, what you two have is you've got experience in two different dolls. Like for me, since I started doing a little bit more in Ableton, it's quite a cool thing to be able to know how to use two different things. Mm-hmm. You know, because, and I do believe that you know when you use different ways of making music, you probably go on a different type of music journey, if that makes sense. And the stuff that you come out with is is influenced by what you're using. Right. Definitely. Like, for example, FL Studios, um, not the latest update, but the update before you made me aware of it, Jane. Um, oh. um, was it called Flex? Flex. Yeah. And that made me make different music, just, just having that, you know, that, that, that plug-in or what have you mm-hmm. um, available to me. It makes different music. Like what you were saying before about Nexus. The flex. All that stuff. Yeah, Flex. <laughs> uh, Trevor just flexed. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, um, talk a bit. I mean... There's probably a lot of people that obviously are aware, but people that aren't aware, talk a bit about what Ableton sent you. Because I think that's really cool. Oh, um, yep. Ableton sent me a box of goodies to do some group giveaways. Uh, We've got some cool mouse pads, uh, black and white t-shirts with the Ableton logo on them, um, some stickers, and... Tote, tote bags? Yeah, eco-friendly shopping bags. Yeah, tote say. bags or, or even like a bag to haul around your Novation launch, launch key, key or, <laughs> or any kind of little MIDI, MIDI controller or something that would fit in it. Hey, it's pretty cool that they sent that. Thank thank you to Ableton people for sending that in. Mm-hmm. Yep, thank you. Thank you, Ableton. Um, I mean, we got a lot of reaction just from the small snippet of the the video I posted it within the group. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna, you know, give it, be patient, give us some time. We're gonna be thinking of some contest ideas and some random giveaways. So uh, hopefully this will be the, not the last, the first of many, so mm. to say. And hopefully for the next ones we can have something a little, little bigger. So so bear with us. I know it's not like a a, a legit version of the software or. A nice big MIDI MIDI controller or something like that. So this will be the first giveaway. Um, we're hoping that you know we can give a little more in the second second giveaway. So yeah, I mean it can be all sorts of stuff that we can give away in the future. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Ableton, you know, the latest version of Ableton is quite pricey to just give for free sort of thing. Right. Um, you know, so I understand I understand from that perspective, but. As far as equipment goes, look, I mean, like I said, we can get some stuff in and we can give that away um, in, in, a, in a contest prize or, yep. you know, in giveaways just, just for people being like another thing that we were going to say was people who are super active um, in the group, people who are actively helping other people, people who are actively posting and entertaining people, you know, in a way, those people are more likely to get giveaways <laughs> without trying to like say, be more active. But yeah, it, those people, like those people who are more you know, interactive with the group. There's ways that they can come onto this podcast. Like, for example, we have someone I'm sure all of you in the group will be aware of. Um, she goes by the name of N.Y. Bradley. And she's been posting quite often recently. And she's got such a ton of good energy. And she's got a new badge now, I noticed, that she's a rising star in the group. And we're going to... Nice, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. And what's really cool <laughs> is we're going to have her on the podcast in a couple of weeks. So that, that sort of thing, you know, it, I, I really like that sort of thing thing that that we do 
in that group because it generates that community feeling, you know. It generates like a big, there's like a big family. I mean, that group is now over 20,000. 20,000 members in that group, it's crazy how big that group has got. Um, so it will be really cool to get some of you guys on here so we can, you know, everyone else can hear you and hear how you make music and whatever advice you could give. Right. Okay. Um, let's go back to the... the questions. Third, yeah, the questions again. Uh, Jeber, Jeber, uh, Ibarra. I'm sure yeah. I'm butchering everyone's name. I apologize. <laughs> I like to know if there is a way to take things from one project and put them in another project. I'm working on preparing a live set and I would love to be able to take what I have in my first projects and put them all together into one. Um, I suppose it doesn't matter. My question would have been, is it going to be in s session view or are you doing your, your project because you're doing a live, a live set? Or is it going to be an arrangement view? Either way, all, all you can do is you can copy, highlight all your channels from your one project, copy them, open up the project you want to bring all them files to and then paste them. That's sim simple as that. And then you can rearrange them. If you got it in arrangement view, you can rearrange them to however you want or if you're doing on the push or something, um, you can just you know rearrange them in session view. It, it's as easy as, as that. I believe that's what he's asking. Um, I don't know if this, I found this on the Ableton forum. Um, I don't know whether it, it just says what you've said in a different way, but it says open the project you want to work on or on a blank one if it's more suitable in Live's browser. Navigate to another project that has parts you need and with the little arrows unfold, the pro unfold that project and you should ah, see the tracks yes, for that yes, project. Yes. So you can get them across like that. Okay. Oh, man, you're an FL user and you're... No, that's what I'm saying about newbie <laughs> errors, not going out no, there and no, educating. No, no, no I, I know this, though. There, there, There is an option, like, on the... It'd be on the left side in the software where you can, you can open up uh, project folders, like your project that you have saved. You can open up the folder on the left side and you can scroll through the samples that you have in that project and you can simply just... You know, click on them, drop and drag them. Um, Jibri Barra, I don't know if if that doesn't make sense. Shoot us one, shoot us a message, or shoot me a message, and I'll I'll help you out. It's a simple. Yeah. Take you ten seconds if if that that didn't make sense. So. You find that a lot with things like when you get really when you get struggle on certain things and you don't know how to do it. You find that sometimes it's quite simple on how to do it. It's just you just need the right you know guidance to point you in the right direction. My question actually would have been like, wouldn't it be possible to create? Um, to like save you a bunch of troubles to create in the very beginning a template like if you already know in which direction you like to go and what you or which kind of music you like to produce like i think creating a template in the beginning where you have like your favorite kind of sneers or whatever in and you know it saves you a bunch of work because sometimes when you just have a hard time getting started on a track it would like ease that pain a little bit yeah i i think that's going a little away from what he was suggesting but that, that's a good point though templates save a lot of time i've actually been getting into to doing my own templates just for like the percussion wise you know the chords and stuff are different uh the breaks sometimes i'll leave the same but but i'll try to change them up because it does get boring the same mm -hmm. four on the floor <laughs> beat after beat so you know it's good to to change stuff up but definitely to get the workflow going templates are a time saver and sometimes it sparks a little bit of inspiration we move on to the next one 
Did we cover that one, do you think? Um, Ableton, tips and tricks, mixing and mastering ideas, some music theories, top ten, VST. The, we'll start from the bottom up on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, that question is from Gene Gannon, by the way. So, top ten. So, I, I'd say, geez, can I even name ten? Oh man, I'd have to like write this down. Okay, so top ten, <laughs> I would we, say. Maybe we could start with number one. We'll, we'll go we on. could create a ten with <laughs> between us, I think maybe. Well, the the thing is, like, how do you want to start it off? Should we start it off from like hella expensive? No, just just like overall qual- quality, even like. I I'm sorry, but I think Serum. Yeah. Would be number one since Serum came out. It. It's just that sound. It's powerful. It's clean. You can do so much to it, and they're on top of their game with with up, updating it. And the mm-hmm. the LFO in it is like a game changer. I know other VSTs are trying to do the same thing, and even Ableton has has a Max for Live LFO tool that you can you can download, but. I would have to say Serum as number one. I don't know if you guys would, would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, Serum's pretty cool. I use um, Silenth or Silenth, however people pronounce yeah. that. I love that, how, you know, the distortion and how one. that role that is. Hey? That was <laughs> that, number one. That was number one. Like, that was the first VST synth that I'd ever, ever had. I mean, on third, I would definitely... I don't know, I would split actually that spot because I would say massive and spire. Yeah. For what? For number three? Yeah, for number so three. So slint I would say slint for for number two. Yeah. And then uh, spire massive. I would say massive would be would be over spire. See like I'm having a hard time then, actually like. Then spire that number off. four. Nah. See. Jane loves spire. Yeah, I do. I just I just love it that yeah, much. It's... She loves when I inspire her. oh that's so cheesy okay so we've got serum number one um silence silent however you want to say number two and then what we're going with number three massive or spire massive as number three i would say spire as is that a unanimous decision i don't know let's let's have a vote she says spire i say massive Charlie, no, I our said, friendship I said, depends on this. No, 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 no. I said... <laughs> just now, just for, for a thing, like I said in the very beginning, I can't make the decision between it, which one should have been on third because I equally appreciate them. Okay, so, so I'm so saying like we... Massive slash Spire on so the third. Uh, they're both as good, so they both share three and four together. Okay, Let's do that. Okay, so we'll go to, <laughs> we'll go to number five. got to have Nexus in there, I think, somewhere. Next, I would say Nexus would be a, a great, great really? number five. Like, I think I like yeah, Nexus. Well, that's man. just Nexus me. I know. I know cool people are gonna dis- disagree. I mean, I mean, I like it too, but but, uh, I mean, it, it is very limited on the things that you can actually do. Like, for instance, with like uh, serum and slinth and stuff, you can get more in depth. And like, and Nexus is like very limited on everything. They just know how to use it. They just, just know <laughs> how to make money. That's what it is. Like, <laughs> you literally need their packs. Well. People do say, people do say with Nexus is that a lot of the stuff on Nexus is already ready to go. If yeah. that makes sense, you don't always have to change much. But I mean, for me, you risk not sounding original if you do it that way. Mm-hmm. I still like to tinker and play around with Nexus. I mean, I sometimes will layer stuff, um, layer two leads, to make my own lead. If that makes sense, mess around with the EQ, um, and then I have my own kind of sound. Or there are a couple of things you can change on there. Um, like I like messing around with the attack. Mm-hmm. 
Like my re- my my most recent track messes around with that and and it brings that stuff in. But yeah, definitely Nexus should be on the top ten. I think, uh, and I think it's one of the top ten most used as well. I imagine by by producers right. globally. I would just put it say. nowhere. Like I wouldn't. I, I would keep it in the top ten, but I wouldn't put it on five because I think there's like better ones out there. Yeah, for sure. Ave- Avenger. I would say Avenger for number six, or that one could have even been number five. Yeah. I've never used that. What's it? What's Avenger it, like? It is. It's kind of like see now everything's like serum. Every, everything that has like a wavetable function or something like that, or the LFO is like serum. Um, Avenger. I I didn't really worked worked with it much to have like I, an I overall just, opinion. I just got it. See, that's what I mean. I've I don't think I've tried. I have a pretty good library of VSTs, but I haven't tried enough. And there there's some like well like unknown. Yeah, like what about contact? Like contact. So I wouldn't even. Ugh, like. Like I I don't know. <laughs> Contact is a lot, and I feel like that's like its own universe. Mm. Mm. Like, uh, do you have like so many freaking things that you have to incorporate within Contact? Like, don't they have their own like VSDs? It's like it, they're fourth party plugins. Yeah, it, it, it's like it's like <laughs> that's not a VSD thing. inception. Not <laughs> it's like a VSD and a VSD and a VSD. Like. Yeah, I get you. Have you guys heard of Omnisphere? Mm-mm. Yes. Omnisphere has got a lot of good reputation um, from a lot of people. Um, I mean, if you, all you got to do is look it up on YouTube or Google and you'll be able to see um, all the hype around it. It's a very powerful one, again, and, and it's one where you do have quite a lot of tools. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you get quite a lot of tools, and there was something else. Man, hybrid. That's the other one I was going to say, hybrid. And, or a and I've never heard of that one. The, the, the oh, I think I heard of a but it was like for a hot second. It's just like I don't know. I am at that stage where I'm just like I'm very saturated with. I mean, my with all the VSDs that I currently use. Mm, so yeah. I'm a happy camper. And I, I'm. My advice to people is, you know, it's not about having a hundred VSTs in your library or the multiple options. Buy one, learn it really well. My suggestion is would be buy Serum or, or Solenth or any of the, the top four and, you know, like really learn it before you go on to the next one because pretty much in just about any VST nowadays, you can do the same thing. So, some mm-hmm. of them, the benefit that some of them have is the workflow. You can yeah. work, you, To achieve what you're trying to do in one of them will go a lot quicker than the other one. That, that's. I feel like the, uh, the best thing actually to get when you were a newbie and... You just want to learn something. You should go with uh, Solenth. I'm not trying to push the product or whatever. It's just because of the amount of uh, videos that you have uh, on YouTube to learn it, and also the price range. Because I, th- I yeah, I feel like it isn't isn't Serum way pricier than that. Um, well, if you've got a Splice in, account, in you can you can get Serum on a monthly thing, yeah. which is pretty cool. Okay. But yes, it is. It is. I think it is more expensive. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I feel like it's a good starter tool. Yeah, definitely. And like Trevor was saying, if you learn how to use, you know, Serum or Silent, you can make su- such unique sounds from but just them, mm-hmm. just them to just one of them. Just pick one of them. If you go with a cheaper one, go with a cheaper one. Learn how it works. Learn how what everything does. Right. Or just play around with stuff. The amount of stuff that I've created just by going, oh, 
that's cool. I just pissed around with a certain thing and then all of a sudden I made a new sound or something that I really liked or fitted in with it. But that's the main thing. It's not, a, like you said, it's not about having, you know, a massive bank of different sounds or a massive, you know, a repertoire of VST plugins. It's about how you use those ones that you do have, right. definitely. I, get, I guess there was a lot of other, you know, see, is he, he's not necessarily meaning uh, VST synthesizer plugins, so... You know, Ozone would would be up there too. Like that's a powerful, oh, of course, yeah, v VST plugin. You know, like that's the the ultimate mastering plugin yeah. that everyone wants, or probably a majority of the the industry uses. Most definitely. Um, Most know, definitely. Sorry about that. We we were kind of thinking synthesizers and. <laughs> yeah, but it's the first thing that came to our heads, uh, our minds. Right. I mean that that's the one thing that everyone. You know, a lot of people say, like create with the the stock analog plugins that your mm -hmm. DAW offers. I'm not sure if FL or Cubase or any other DAW offers like the analog features like Ableton does. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. like a bunch of them. F nice. An FL Studio, you don't, to be fair, when if you have FL Studio and get the right pack, you don't need to, you don't really need to get any other VST mm -hmm. plugins. You can make so much stuff without hyping FL Studio. You can just use Harmer. Mm -hmm. uh, and literally, you can make and so many different amazing sounds and what I like about being able to do these things with these um, VST plugins, I know we've gone straight back to these synthesizer things again, but it's the fact that you can really create what you think in your head. And mm -hmm. right. that that's the cool thing. And things like Ozone, um, Ozone um, and also Neutron, Neutron Elements, yep. that that is really cool for mixing on that side of things. You can mix vocals with it, you can mix sounds with it, all sorts of different um you know abilities you get just with those two things as well when it comes There's, to uh, the vocal synth too i just tried the demo out for that that was that was pretty awesome mm. like a vocal processing vst is that the um vo vocodex from output is that what you're talking nope. about this is something through uh ozone not ozone who, who are the creators of ozone the isotope, <laughs> isotope yes probably like, think of it. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> and I was just like wondering, I mean, this might be a little bit stupid, but uh, what about the gatekeeper? Like, isn't that also third-party VST? The gatekeeper yeah, the is, is created by infected mushroom. Yeah, I was about to say something. That, that, that's like a... I love that name. Oh, man. So ha cool. have, have you seen that plugin? That's that's nope, pretty awesome. Yet, it's... It's like an LFO plugin mm -hmm. that has like multiple presets. Like you, you can do like so much to it. I'll have to to show you that. That's check it, it, it check it out. It's uh, very called helpful. the yeah called the Gatekeeper. Yeah, um, I'll check that out. By Infected Mushroom, you you can uh, throw it on like I don't know. I throw it on like bass sounds to, to help give like certain like random bass stabs mm -hmm. here here and there. Easy adding variations, I would yeah. say too. Like if yeah. sometimes you have that where you're like, mm, this Definitely. is super repetitive, and then you can just go for the gatekeeper and you can add a bunch of like variation to your track. Definitely worth checking out. And one I've just been recently um, talking to you about, Trevor, is um, Vocal Finalizer from. Uh, yeah. I, well, I bought it from ADSR website. I can't remember. I can't remember who. Oh, it was a Noise Ash, I think. Noise Ash. Anyway, Vocal um, vocal Finalizer, I think it's literally called Vocal Finalizer, is a really, a really good way of editing vocals um, mm -hmm. for uh, post-production. It's getting the vocals, you know, out nice, um, making them full, making them bright, 
you, you've got compression on there, you've got DS on there. Everything's in one plugin, basically. You don't have to go round round the house trying mm-hmm. to trying to do all the little bits. And for me, it saved so much time. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad that I got it. And it, and at the moment, it's quite cheap. I think it's like thirty dollars or something at the moment. Um, so it's been it's dropped down in price. And whilst we're on stuff like that, you know, try try and bring out sounds or make them fatter. Well, fatter is sausage fatter. Oh, yeah, I was sausage about to say it's probably way hadn't. Like and, and a free BSD that's also pretty good is uh, Camo Crusher. Camo Crusher, um, OTT compressor by XFER Zephyr Zephyr <laughs> Zephyr Zephyr Zephyr. Um, that that that's for free and uh, Valhalla just released the Valhalla Reverb. They released a new new plugin or a Valhalla Reverb plugin. I can't remember who the company that is i should know <laughs> i should know this stuff i mean not really like there's so many out there so you know it happens where well, you they, they just the released that one i can't remember um what's his face the edm artist that released a plug-in for a dollar umet ozcan 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 for a dollar yeah that I, apparently the vst has a lot of bugs so might as well hold oh, on right, to that dollar cool. for for a little while yeah, longer. For <laughs> that dollar. Um, okay, let's go to the next question. Uh, okay, we no, we can we can hop into um, mixing, mixing and mastering. mastering ideas. I don't know. Like, let's talk about when you guys master your track. If you do, what do you guys put on your your mastering chain? Like, whether you think that you're great at it or not, what do you guys do? Tap filter. <laughs> no, the, the, all the bad, the bad filter EQ. Well, I mean, yeah. there's the, got to be a chain to it, though. Like, mine will usually start with the... Oh, the, the order and, like, what to do when? Yeah, like, you know, I, yes, use the fab filter EQ. Um, then a, a compressor, or even sometimes a little bit of saturation. Uh, a limiter. Mm-hmm. You throw a, a limiter at the end. Some people are against using a limiter in, in the mastering channel. Yeah, but it, for me, it's it's a really useful way of getting your sound loud without it peaking like crazy and 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 being able to. Well, for me, since I've found ozone and neutron, I really honestly don't do that much because most of my work's done in the mix. I apply a lot of my EQ stuff in the mix. Every mm-hmm. single yep. layer, every single sound's in a separate place. That's where it is for me right. now. That's where it all starts. That's where it all starts is, is the mix. Yeah. I do the least amount of work in the master. Um, and I, that's why I'm like, the newbie era is get it all right in the mix yep. first because right. the master becomes so much easier then. You're not doing that. You don't have to do that much work then. You know, you're helping yourself out by getting it right in the mix. Like, as in, get it, like, to a really nice mastering type of level, but a lot lower, obviously, in decibels. And get it to a level where you just have to bring it out. For me, like I said, Ozone, Neutron, um, what else might I put in there? I don't... At the, to be fair, the last track that I just used, I used... Because, obviously, I got vocals on that, on, that, on that last track. So, I used Neutron, Ozone, and the... Uh, what do you call it? The Vocal Rider. That's literally all I did. Just by the way, there's something that popped back into my mind, which is kind of like uh, intertwining with the first question about like newbie mistakes that we used to make. Uh, when I was trying to um, mix and master my tracks, one of the hugest mistakes I've ever made before was like, I love bass, 
and I always had the bass freaking cranking, and I could never get it right when I was when I was trying to. Yes, well, I mean that's that's not even a newbie mistake. You see a lot of people making mistakes with that. Is it's hard to judge the low end, especially when you're using monitors probably that don't have push out much bass, or even using head headphones and. And even if you don't have it like layered in a proper manner, where you have like a sub bass right. or something that's like supporting it, because. You know, I, I've seen it, or like even I did it a lot of times before where I was just using a ultra bassy kind of 808 sound and then it just fucks everything. And and that can <laughs> that can apply back to, to the mixing mm -hmm. because like here's a tip, mix at low volumes, you know, you hear it said all the time, don't have everything cranked because you're gonna perceive the ear and it's not good for your ears first of all and just, just Mix it low and adjust your volume on your interface, your volume interface, and turn up your headphones. And the, One of the best things you can do with bass, because with, with bass you have a lot of range afterwards bass. to be able to push it, because you haven't got a lot of stuff going on other than the bass and the sub, and the kick obviously that comes through mm -hmm. it all. Um, it's not like having stuff in, in the mid-range or the mid to high range when you've got all sorts of shit going on in there. But with with the bass, is a, the best thing is turn it right down to nothing, and then bring it up, bring it up, bring it up, bring it up till you just about hear it, um, and then you can then bring it out how you want to bring it out. I was the same as you, Jane. I'm like crazy on bass, and my I have neurophone neurohead neurophones headphones, and they're just all about bass, and it messed up my bass, uh, and my my appreciation for bass, <laughs> my appreciation for bass mm -hmm. with my with my music, and you can ask Trevor. I think you heard it as well. My recent stuff that I've been working on, and I sent Trevor. Trevor's like, "Where's your bass, man? Where's your bass?" It's because I've been used to listening to my music with these fucking these these bass speakers in my ears, and it's got eight different bass drives in my ears, vibrating my eyeballs. So I'm thinking that the bass is really nice and high. When it no, it's not, and it's 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 not there. Um, and then the other thing to counter that all together is use reference tracks again. Referencing reference tracks yeah. will help tracks, you mix, there. Mix in mono. Yeah, and then obviously, yeah, if it sounds good in mono, it's gonna sound good in stereo as well. They, a lot of people yep. do say that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely, th th that's that's a good that's a good tip. Balance the sounds in like a right manner too. Like, you know, sometimes it's very easy to also overdo it with like kicks and claps and stuff, and having that shit like uh, clashing where you're like oh i gotta have the clap way louder or like not panning at all where everything is just like at the same time on the same layer and it just sounds very crowded and mushy yeah that <laughs> that's another newbie error i mean like i used to do it <laughs> i used to have so many layers so many layers. i said so many layers my computer would be like lagging on mm -hmm. me because i'm like i've got so many stuff in there but it's because i didn't understand how to use the plugins at the time so i was trying to add loads of other sounds to make the sound that i wanted mm -hmm. um if more had if one had more distortion on it I'd, I'd add that rather than adding more distortion to the to the sound that i was working right. on so yeah no that's that's another good point we we can go to uh tips and Tips and tricks in music production. If you guys had to give one tip or trick to someone, it can be anything. doesn't have to be just about FL or just about... doesn't even have to be a da. It can just be something, you know, even on the the promotional side or, like, what would your... You know, like, give, like give, give your ears a rest after a while, like, if that's one of your, your tips. or <laughs> I mean, I know that's one, but if you guys had to suggest a tip or trick to someone in the music production field or a beginner, 
what's the one thing that that you would do that you've got from someone or come up with on your own templates when you've made a track save that as a, a, a the structure of that track as a template so that you speed your production up for the next one if you're going to do a track in a similar genre template that that project up uh, save it as a separate project so that you can open it up separately without messing up the one you've done and then you've got the bare bones of a project that you can work with mm -hmm. so much quicker right. so much quicker jane well, one of the things I would definitely say is um, that that helped me out in the beginning. Like when you don't have a lot of money, and like for me that was the case. I I didn't get born with like a golden spoon in my mouth, so I always had to cut corners. And for instance, getting like vocals, I didn't even had like so much money that I wanted to spend on like vocal packs or whatnot. So I would definitely recommend like create an account on uh, Looperman.com because they have a b bunch of like free random vocal stuff on there and a uh, vast majority the people only ask in return for like yeah connect me with you on the track like link them to the track or whatever and that's it and sometimes you can meet some really cool people on there who want to collaborate in the end or after all with you or uh, even like with certain like random sounds or whatnot this platform has so much to offer and it's like 100% for free so I would definitely say that's something that helped me out and like just finding random stuff like for the very first track I've ever made that nobody's ever going to listen to anymore <laughs> uh, I found the vocals for that one on Looperman and I was like super excited right oh yeah there's many resources out there Google is your friend for half the people asking beginner questions you know try Google first before posting in the thread because you're kind of taking uh, Posts or the spotlight away from tracks that need need feedback. So, but all all them questions are welcome. You know we're not gonna shun you. <laughs> You're not gonna get yeah, booted. Google as well as Google YouTube, obviously for the visual learners, YouTube is really good for that. Is really good for that. Um, Trevor, Trevor, did you give did you give a tip, other than that Google one? <laughs> no, I didn't give my tip yet. Oh geez, I I would say um. One tip or trick that I would share. I would say more of a, more of a tip. Um, yeah, I'd said it before with with the mixing, mix at at low volumes. It definitely a, a game changer. Because uh, I've done that before, where I've had everything cranked and after hours of working on it, my ears will get so fatigued. Uh, I gen generally don't like to to use headphones because. That's another thing. I'm always wanting to crank. Everyone just wants to crank the volume. You know, everyone wants it as as loud as it can be. And that's, you know, that maybe that's something we can talk about next episode: the loudness war when it comes to the music industry. Because you know, a lot of that is going down. Mm -hmm. Where I think they're starting to realize that we don't, you know, we still want people to hear the music eventually <laughs> over the years and not become deaf from it. Well, just because it's loud, it doesn't mean it's good. That's true. Well, it, you want it to sound. I mean, I'm more. I'm more a fan of it sounding more full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Than, like everything coming out nice and clear, right. rather than it being so loud. I mean, we can turn the speakers up I for mean, that. Yeah, you can. I was gonna say you can always crank up the volume on your interface. See, like, now, now, since we were talking about this subject, there's, like, so many things that are popping to my mind with, like, newbie tips and tricks. 
Um, also to make your sounds fuller and stuff, that was something that I was unaware of in the very beginning is like adding pads, like how important it is to have a pad in the background to create that fullness without making it sound overwhelming. Like having your, your melody like layered fucking three times the same sound, just different, uh, different keys. <laughs> Especially when it comes to EDM music. Yes. Especially when it comes to EDM music. And that's funny that you said that because today at work I was talking to a coworker about how this sample I heard on the uh, a radio advertisement, a local radio advertisement, and I heard it on the intro to a, a certain TV show, and I was explaining to my friends how I'm like, well, the sample they probably used was from like a, a sample catalog where it's royalty free after they buy it, so they technically buy a license. Um, Shit, I forgot what we were talking about. Pads. Brain fire. Oh, yeah, pads. No, I, I was I was explaining to them like, you guys wouldn't believe like if if I showed you like how songs were put together, like each individual sound and played each individual sound for you. How much adding this random sound of maybe mm-hmm. like the fire crackling or or something different that has a filter layered over it to give it a muffled sound layered with something else, how much it perceives the ear and how you hear it played with other instruments together and how beautiful it sounds compared to the shitty dull sound it sounds when it's solo. That's what really like amazes me when I'm working on music, when I come across stuff like that. Or or even a, a, a tip would be um, for not only templates, like buy a, buy a template, see how another music producer you know created the track how they layered what sounds they layered with it and oh man it's just for me music being a passion is just astonishing to see that the stuff that is in a track after you dissect it definitely so like white noise yeah. white noise yes the, the gives the it's a filler it's yeah, a, it gives it's the dumb. pumping expression again expression really crucial in, in edm music right white noise especially like, like in the beginning when i was listening to like white noise i was like what the f is this like it, it it doesn't sound good in my tracks and i was like layering it and i was like it's just clashing and stuff and it was just because the frequencies were all over the place and <laughs> but then after a while when you get the hang of it it actually creates a lot of like depth and like it just i don't know it just makes it sound so much more clear another thing i want to oh, use sorry. the right one so, sorry, sorry i didn't mean to cut you no, no. i was yeah another thing that um is crucial for speeding up your production time is no matter what you know door you're using google sh- keyboard shortcuts man. Mm-hmm. keyboard shortcuts speed so much stuff up when instead of going around clicking 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 if you want to find something there's there's all kind there's all kinds of shortcuts and in, in ableton is, is fl like that oh yeah you guys, you guys. yeah you can, I'm, I'm sure with Ableton is the same with FL. You can buy a mouse mat that has that has all the keyboard shortcuts. You can actually buy an FL Studio keyboard mm-hmm. that has all of them built in. So you just have to press the keys. I mean, I'm sure able to do the same thing. You just have to Google it and find there, it. There was someone in the group that's been posting his mouse pad that has like all the shortcuts on the mouse pad. Like, and I even thought of so we get you know shout out to pauseplayrepeat.com. They you know they let us share these amazing tips and tricks and he's been sharing his tips and tricks in in the group as well um i've actually been wanting to like print off all the tips and tricks that i have saved from him and start (laughs) start randomly just posting them around the house or around you know like on the wall or whatever (laughs) just so i can go back to that tip or sorry what you got 
Is that Spider 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 Man in the room? Sorry, again? um, you you guys can't see, but I it keeps like turning up right in front of my face, and I'm like, dude, man. Ow. I was about to Spider-Man, say, like, what are you looking Spider-Man. at? Is there like a ghost or, or something? Or is someone crawling <laughs> through your window, bro? Right. Do you need me to call one one nine. <laughs> what one one nine? Yeah. The problem is, is because of the because of the paneling in this room, it goes and sits inside the it sits inside the paneling. It's nice and warm for it, you know, like you know all the wool, whatever you call it, rock wool stuff. And yeah. It's, yeah, rock wool. I got rock wool in here and and a couple of hard pads, hard well harder, sort of thing. But yeah, it goes and hides behind them, and it's really annoying. Yeah, but um, what else was we gonna say on on tips? Uh, all the oh yeah, the other thing is patience. Yeah. Man. Like Trevor was saying right at the very beginning, is like rest your ears, listen to reference tracks. Even sometimes what I do is I'll listen to music that's got nothing to do with what I'm doing, just to give my ears a break from what I'm doing so I'm not getting over-obsessed with a certain sound. Right. Because like you were saying about the bass thing, I kept listening to heavy bass stuff at mm-hmm. one point. And then I went to my friends, or she, oh no, we were in her car, and she like she loves metal music. And I, when you listen to like, heavy bass type kind of music like hip hop music or um bass mm-hmm. as in trap music and anything that anything that is heavy on bass not like big room house when every, when big room house was massive and you had the big you had the big bass bass drops and everything uh, well not bass drops but you had a lot of bass in the drops um i listened to i listened to the metal music and i was like yeah it's really nice but there's no no low end like there's no low end there's no low end and same with rock music as well when I, when I listen to that so no definitely treat your ears you know your ears are um the way you make good music if you do if you misuse your ears and you, and you over and that's another that goes back to that newbie thing again is going over the same track for bloody weeks and weeks at a time you damage your ears so much and when i say damage i don't mean like damage is in you you damage your ears in like as in you can't hear properly i mean you treat you train your ears to hear a certain sound so all you can hear is a certain sound and if you don't use a reference track or you know give your ears a break from the music you're making you're going to end up making a sound that's very unique to what you think is what the good sound is and when you then compare it to other tracks you're like ah shit what have i done right i know i i was like that in the early days i was definitely like that in the early days my and i was using um actually i was using these these sennheiser mm-hmm. headphone monitors <clears throat> and they don't have they're on purpose they don't have a big bass end they just have a really good range so it, it's for ma- making music you know it's not for listening to music if that makes sense or enjoying music in that manner so for me i was ke- i kept with these i kept making heavy bass stuff so when i put them on my main uh, my main monitors on my desk i was like ah crap the, the, they're vibrating too much <laughs> and then this this stuff is too bassy so no definitely it's patience and patience is one of the hardest things in everything you do to have that patience to say, okay, I'm going to leave this track for a few days. That's the hardest thing for me. When I'm almost finished a track and I'm like, I just want to get it done now. I want to get it out there because I want to see what people think. But honestly, if you save your ears, give it a few days, come back to the track. If you're if you're distri- if you're trying to get this um, out to a label, another cool thing to do is leave your track alone. For the next few days, listen to... Um, the labels tracks what they release and everything mm-hmm. go back to your track and then you're like oh that's what i can change oh that actually reminds me when we were talking about plugins and stuff yeah expose i know i spoke about this in in, in episode one but expose is a brilliant way of using your reference tracks to find out where you're going wrong in your in your music so definitely look that up shall we move on to the next question uh sure francois says performing live dub real instruments so i'm assuming you're saying you know, any tips on how to perform live live music, uh, you know, using real instruments and in 
I'm assuming he's when he's saying dub as in the genre dub. I have no idea, like if if that's what he means. Well, when it comes to performing with live, as in performing live, that is probably something that you'll be best um, advised when I speak to Zoe, the the lady from the the the, the um mm -hmm. the lady from the um, spotlight. Oh, the spotlight. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And also the interview that I'm going to be doing with Chewy and Batch, if you haven't heard um, their song, it was called Rosé. Again, listen to episode one, you can check out check out that song um, um, because I know a lot of their stuff is performed and then put into put, then put into Ableton. I don't know, maybe they even did it live. I don't know, we'll, we'll have that conversation with them. So yeah, I mean, the only reason why we're not going to delve into that one right now is because us three do not have, yeah. you know, an expert experience on performing performing live on with Ableton Live or or anything else like that. Um so yeah, shall we move on to the yes. next one then? Oh, we got a couple from the same dude. Sean Fultz. I hope again, hope we were pronouncing your names correctly. Um real instrument recording techniques and latency issue. Multi gain off the floor. Off the floor. Well, stuff. with the latency issues, I would say like if you try to well, he's probably trying to do what <laughs> Well, if you use an Ableton, the freeze track method, if you fr freeze your tracks, is that, I don't know, can you do that in FL? Is that what you were going to say? Uh, I don't know, because it just entirely threw me off. <laughs> it just comes Because you just, yeah, you just come in here and then you just like mow over what I was trying to say. Oh, sorry. Start again. <laughs> oh, thank you. I just heard the latency question. Well, I actually wanted to uh, touch up on that one and say, like, well, with the latency, vast majority, that's, like, how I at least see it uh, on FL Studio. I don't know how it is on Ableton, but um, if your interface sucks, then you will always have a certain kind of latency issue. So part is... Um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, equipment issues. And then the other part is like how how you actually have it linked up to your DAW. I mean, some people might not even be using a separate interface. They might just be using the hardware and the software within the system that they've got. Um, and I know with my first laptop, it was useless. <laughs> it was useless just to. Yeah, I was about that. to say it seems to be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, definitely that that's probably. I mean, what would you say on that, Trevor? Would you say anything more on that? Well, for the real instrument recording techniques and latency issues, um, the real instrument recordings, I would say more or less, I don't know, so you can plug in some of your in instruments to your interface, so maybe having a good interface would have a, have a lot to deal with it, but rather than that, having a good uh, microphone or, or recorder or like pop filter over mm -hmm. the microphone because I've seen people you know record uh, them playing the acoustic guitar or some kind of guitar just with holding it up to the microphone or some kind of a kick a kick drum even or uh, like I you know you see them videos of people um, uh, what mashed and, and kutcher is that what they're called from Australia where they're doing all these like videos of them on the airplane they're just doing that simply out with their their laptop hooked up with the microphone and holding it up. Like there's the one where they ordered Domino's pizza. I mean, like bombs away stuff too. Yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah, bombs right. away. Yeah, bombs away does it too. Um, but yeah, there there was one where they incorporated uh, one of the soccer teams, the local soccer teams, and they were recording them kicking the ball, and they used it as a kick in their track and. Uh, they actually went to the game and they recorded. That was awesome. They recorded the crowd, you know, like at a 
soccer match when the crowd starts doing the chants, mm -hmm. the traditional chants that they do. Um, but I would definitely say that having the the right recorder or the right microphone or the right interface would, would help with um, a better quality of your instrument, live instrument recording. And as for the latency issues, like I said, if you're using Ableton, uh, freeze your tracks. Um, using less VSTs, I don't know, bounce your, bounce your stuff using from VSTs, bounce it into stems because, you know, by bouncing it into a WAV file, you're not using your VST, which is going to run more CPU usage out of your DAW. And, you know, don't have other shit running in your background like I always have. <laughs> Control, Alt, Delete, and check all your programs that are running secretly in the background. That, that does help, too. Can you explain what you meant by bounce? Because I don't understand. I, I can be a bit of a new... Exporting it, basically. So, so yeah, so you're exporting your your MIDI file sounds. Oh, right, I get you. And, and you're bouncing it into a WAV file. You're rendering oh, right, it, yeah, basically, yeah. Mm -hmm. into, into a WAV okay. file. And also he said um, how to free up space for great vocal recordings. Now, for me, because I've just been doing stuff with vocals on... The way I do it is I treat it like a, a sound, like any sound that you use. And it, like as in, if you have a lead sound, you want that lead sound to come out clear, nice, mm -hmm. because that's the lead sound. It pushes the track along. Well, the bass pushes the track, but you get what I mean. It literally leads your track. So it's the same thing with vocals. Ensure that your vocals are not trying to compete with other sounds in the mix. Now that's really important to make sure. And think where your strongest uh, frequency in the vocals are. And then make sure that that, that, that area um, of your frequencies aren't, you know, messed up and muddled up with, with, all, the, with all the other sounds that are on there. Um, and yeah, the, the, like I said, the vocal finalizer plugin is a really good way of being able to bring your vocals out well. And it also highlights, like mastering does, it also highlights the bits where you might have gone wrong, you know, in the mix or in the, in the sound design. So definitely, that, that's something that I would look I mean, everything, like I said, vocals are sounds. You're adding and just another sound. It's just a different way of presenting that sound. And vocals are, you know, designed to sit, you know, within the track to on top of the track. Not on top of the track, not really deep into the track, but somewhere in between where it's not overpowering, like you're not just, you know, doing a voiceover over some instrumental in the background. Right. You, want to be, you, want to, you want it to be part of, part of the sound. That's some that that's cool, but also then obviously you need to make sure that the vocals at the right levels and stuff like that. But it, it, again, it's mix. Most of these things, you know, that people have problems with, it's all in the mix. Literally all in the mix. You can you can make or break your project from a good or bad mix. You know. Yeah. Also with like the free space, I think it's important to know that don't export your stuff or don't convert it into MP3. Like it's tempting because it's fast and and whatnot. And but. I feel like for for your mastering process, it's better to have to have it as a wave file because you have more room to play with. Because I think there was like the, correct me if I'm wrong, but there wasn't there like this whole story behind like why you shouldn't be exporting your stuff as MP3 because it. Well, it's all compressed. Isn't yeah, it? that's what I mean. Like, there, wasn't there like this whole compression thing going on? Well, I thought it was. It's depending on what platform you're you're uploading to. I know SoundCloud suggests that you you upload a WAV file. No, I'm saying like for... for in the, production. The, yeah, this guy's question about like uh, making space and whatnot. When when you bounce your your vocals out of the VSD or out of the recording into into a WAV file, like I just said, for, 
for your mastering process, it's easier to have it as a WAV file instead of a, a MP3 because I know that there are some people who think MP3 gives you a better sound quality because it's already compressed, but you don't want to have that if you want to master your track. Um, a lot of people think MP3 is the death of less sound. Less compression in the mix, sorry. Less compression in the mix, uh, a little more com compression in the master, or even vice versa. I would say you don't want to do, do both, but or how to, how to bounce and free up space for a great great vocal recording. Um, definitely bounce the vocal with it dry with nothing on it, and then add the the effects but after. I would think. As for the how to use the Auto Tune of Max for Live, I don't really use Max for Live, so that I couldn't answer your question. No, that's pretty cool. Thank you for sending in them questions. Again, we're going to do this every single every single time we do a podcast, which is hopefully every week. So if you have any questions, look out for Trevor or my post or Jane's post on saying that we're going to do a podcast in a, in a few minutes. Drop us your questions and we will get to answering them the best we can. Again, we're not super duper experts. We just know what we know. And just like all of us, we help each other out with sharing those th that information. We've been on for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Do you want to go? Do you want to like call this call this yep. a wrap? That's a wrap. Oh, yeah, that's that, a wrap. There we go. We got it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the music producer Burrito. Yeah, and that's a wrap. <laughs> that's a wrap. Make sure you check out. We're gonna have. We've got a lot of other things going on with this podcast. Like we've discussed, we've got interviews, and we're gonna have some guests on next week and the week after. Now we got contests coming, uh, giveaways. So you know, stay tuned for the next episode to get an update on further instructions to how you can win some cool prizes. Obviously, the Ableton giveaways are for the Ableton group, but we're gonna have other giveaways for everybody. So we're all feeling loved. <laughs> love, love, love. Alright, okay, Check cool. Later. That's Trevor's check you later. <laughs> check you later, what's the check you later? Check you later. <laughs>